They told me I got 30 minutes and they're yanking me off the stage. Yeah. Them ushers are, they're here for more just to seat you, amen. You can get rowdy if you want to. Isaiah 49, we're going to go to our conference scripture. And I'm so blessed to have the opportunity to share the word of God before you this morning. I'm just excited to sit down and receive from the men of God preaching after me as I am to preach. Amen. But in Isaiah 49, and my key verse is verse 2, but I'm going to go 1 through 7. If you'd like to stand for the reading of the word of God. This is our conference scripture, Isaiah 49 and 2. And the word of the Lord says this. It says, He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has concealed me. He has also, somebody say also, Also. made me a select arrow. So it says he's concealed me, but at the same time, he has chosen me and he has made me into a select arrow. And some translations say a polished arrow. And then it goes on to say this, he has hidden me. Somebody say hidden me. He has hidden me in his quiver. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for what you're doing out here in Ben Wheeler, Texas, God. I thank you for the men of God that you've brought here, Lord, to preach the word of God to us, Father. I pray, Lord, that you anoint me to share your word with power, with boldness, with accuracy, God. Lord, I thank you for your word and what it does to our hearts to our spirits, to our souls, Lord. God, let this time be about you, Jesus. Don't let it be about man, but let it be about you, Jesus. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, go ahead and give God some praise this morning. Amen. I mean, so we've been listening to preachers over this year in Dallas and California over God's arrows. Of course, the theme is God's arrows conference. And these men of God, these pastors, these awesome anointed pastors have been preaching God's arrows, getting these arrows ready to shoot into their destiny to impact the area that they're called to, impact their marriages, impact their families, impact their communities, impact their churches, impact their ministries. But this morning, I'd like to flip it. And this morning, I'd like to talk to you about hidden in his quiver. And I want to preach to the arrows that are in the quiver. I want to preach to the arrows that haven't been shot yet. I want to preach to the arrows that they want to fulfill their destiny. They want to fly. They want to soar. But right now, God has them hidden in his quiver. And the first thing I want to let you know is the arrow, saints, is made for the archer. The archer is not made for the arrow. You see, a lot of times we try to use God to accomplish what we want. And the reality is God is trying to use you to accomplish what he wants. The arrow is not made for the archer. You see, we love the God's arrows topic. But I'm here to preach this morning about the arrows that aren't flying. And I know I'm not the only one, but there have been years when I see men of God get shot out. I see men of God get launched out. I see these men of God preaching these conferences. I see these men of God going into marriages, fulfilling their destiny, doing all these things. And I felt like I was never going to fly. I was never going to soar. I was never going to get launched out. But I'm here to tell you today that God hid me in his quiver for a season to prepare me 
to develop me, to mature me. And now I'm flying. Hallelujah. God hid me in his quiver for a season. And I know I'm not the only one. There's men in here that you felt like you've been held back. You felt like you've been overlooked. You looked around and seen the other men of God get promoted and you're still stuck in the quiver where I'm here to tell you today that God has you right there for a divine reason, a divine purpose, and He's doing something miraculous inside of your heart, inside of your life. God has not overlooked you. Man has not overlooked you. God knows where you're at. You're hidden in His quiver. You're not in the quiver of the world. You're not in the quiver of a man. You're hidden in his quiver. Amen. Amen? Sometimes we feel like our gifts, our potential, our talents, our calling, sometimes we feel like it's being overlooked. It's not being overlooked. Listen, saints, there is seasons where God is going to hide you. He hides your ministry. He hides your gifts. He hides your calling. He hides your life. Before God can ever expose you, He's going to first hide you. Amen. Amen? These men of God that I have the privilege to walk beside and receive from and, and disciple me and preach to me and pour into me, God has hidden each and every one of them in their own season. Before they were exposed, they were first hidden. Amen? It's likened to the winemaking process. There's a certain part of the winemaking process after it's been pressured, crushed, some mixed in, stirred up, that it goes into an earthen vessel into a dark place to sit there. And it's in this dark place and it sits there and it sits there and it sits there and it sits there and it ferments and it ferments and it ferments. And if it gets stirred up before that season is over of hiding, it's not going to be any good. God wants to ferment you in a dark place. Amen? God hid Moses in the desert serving for 40 years with his father-in-law. Now that's a trial right there. Amen. 40 years with an in-law. God had a great purpose and calling for Moses. Yeah. Amen. God hid Joseph in the pits and the prisons before he ever took him to the palace. God had David hiding in and out of caves running from King Saul before he was ever recognized as king. God hid Elijah at the brook of Cherith before he had the victory on Mount Carmel. We all want to talk about the victory on Mount Carmel, but nobody wants to talk about when Elijah was hidden at the brook of Cherith. And he was provided for by dirty birds. Amen? Even Galatians 4, 4 says, But when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Even Jesus was hidden. He was concealed until the perfect time. God even hid Jesus. And at the right time, Jesus was shot into the earth to go to the cross, to die an innocent life so me and you can have access back to the Father. Even Jesus was concealed for a time. Even Jesus was hidden for a time. Amen. And in our season of hiding, there will always be a temptation and there will always be a pressure to get ahead of God. Amen. I've seen too many men of God get ahead of God and fall on their face. Fall on their face. Amen? 
But let's get back to our scripture. In verse 49, verse 1, it says, Listen to me, O islands, and pay attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he named me. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has concealed me. He has also made me a select arrow. He has hidden me in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will show my glory. But I said, I have toiled, and this is how we feel sometimes, I have toiled in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing in vanity, yet surely the justice due to me is with the Lord and my reward with my God. And now says the Lord who formed me from the womb to be his servant to bring Jacob to him so that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honored in the sight of the Lord. And my God is my strength. In verse 6 he says, but listen, it's too small a thing that you should be my servant. To raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel, I will also make you a light of the nations so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and the Holy One, to the despised one, to the one abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers, kings will see and arise. Princes will also bow down because of the Lord who is faithful. The only one of Israel who has chosen you. Somebody say, I'm chosen. I mean, in the scripture, it comes in a time of Israel's history that's filled with trouble. Trouble, trouble, trouble. It's 900 years before the birth of Jesus, and we know that King Solomon died, and they couldn't decide who was going to be king, and the kingdom was split into two. You got Israel, you got Judah. Nine tribes in southern Judah and three remaining in the northern kingdom we know is Israel. There's all this fighting. There's all these wars between the two nations. Egypt rises to power. Assyria rises to power. The Babylonian Empire rises to power. Trouble, 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 trouble. And we know that God's people now, they're in exile when we get this scripture. These people were once slaves. They were delivered and now they're hidden. They're hidden. We were once slaves to sin. We were once slaves to something. God delivered us. He redeemed us. He saved us. And as soon as the deliverance happens, we want to rush full force into our destiny. But God still has to prepare us in the hiding. All this wars going on. All these battles going on. And this is the setting of our scripture. It's given to us by the prophet Isaiah in response to all the trouble that the people are going through. So what do you think these people are hoping for? These people are hoping for a savior. They're hoping for deliverance. They're hoping for freedom. And the reality is, and we get it through the responses, they just want to go home. They just want to go home. And Isaiah, our prophet, he gives them what they're wanting. He says, listen, there's an arrow coming. There's a polished, a select arrow coming, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. And in the same way, listen, God has made you a select arrow, a polished arrow. You are not an ordinary arrow. God has not allowed you to walk through what you walk through and come on the other side for just an ordinary purpose. You are a select arrow, a polished arrow. God has a divine reason he pulled you out of that mess you were in. And it's too small a thing for you to just go home. It's too small a thing for you to just go home. People come in the home all the time and they get delivered and they're like, okay, I'm good. I'm ready to go back home. You got to understand this is not only a deliverance ministry, but this is a destiny ministry. 
People come here for deliverance and they stumble upon their destiny. Amen. 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 It's too small a thing, says the Lord, for you to just go home. Some of us just want our girlfriends back. That's too small a thing, brother. Some of us just want our children back. That's too small a thing, sister. God wants to do so much more with you. Hallelujah. You are a select arrow. You're not an ordinary arrow. You're a polished arrow. Listen, this select arrow, it was the finest arrow a craftsman could make. He would take the finest wood. He would get the absolutely straightest feathers, the sharpest steel. He'd put it all together and he'd polish it. 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 it. Too many people, as soon as we get put back together, we're ready to shoot. But God wants to polish you. God wants to refine you. God wants to mature you. God wants to develop you. But I can preach. It's not about preaching. But I already know how to. That doesn't matter. God wants to mature you, brother. God wants to refine. I could preach six years ago. I sent under Pastor Raymond. The fire of God would come out of this man and the anointing would transfer into my life. I could always preach. It's not about preaching. God wants to mature you. God wants to refine you. God wants to develop you. Amen? Amen. Too many people settle for just being ordinary. You see, God wants to polish you and polish you and polish you until you're extraordinary. Amen? And this is what I love about this. Check this out. This is what I learned through my studies. The archer, he would get the wood, he would make the shaft, right? And he would put the shaft in the quiver before he turned it into an arrow because the archer wanted to see if the shaft could stay straight in the quiver before he turned it into an arrow. Because if that shaft in the quiver began to bend and begin to warp and get crooked, it wasn't ready to become an arrow. Some of us, God's got you in the quiver and he just wants to see if you can stay straight right where you're at. We got too many crooked people trying to deceive the men of God and go forward. You can deceive the man of God, but you can never deceive God. Hallelujah. Yeah, God wants to straighten you out. Amen. If you can't stay straight in the quiver, you're never going to fly straight. But I want to fly. I want to get launched out. I want to preach. I want to get married. I want to. We'll stay straight in the quiver. Stay straight in the quiver. Amen? But there's a process that goes into making a select arrow. There's a process. Amen? There's the pruning, right? You get that, you get that wood and you, you take all the obvious imperfections out. You cut all that stuff off, right? Obvious imperfections. Some of us think we want to get ordained, but we haven't even been married and we're living with a woman. You're not ready to get ordained. You need to move out. Amen? I mean, it's silly. Some of the obvious imperfections these people be tripping with. I'm ready to preach. No, you're not ready to preach. You're ready to repent. Amen? Come on, somebody. It's the pruning. It's cutting away the obvious imperfections. Amen? And then after you get to the pruning, you got the sanding. And the sanding is a whole other level of, of, of refinement. Amen? You see, the sanding... As the archer begins to sand that arrow, it takes away all the uh, 
imperfections that you can't see with a natural eye. The pride. The arrogancy. The lust. The unforgiveness. The bitterness. The entitlement. The jealousy. The envy. Amen? It's the sanding. It's the, it's the imperfections you can't see with a natural eye. He takes that arrow, he takes that shaft, and he begins to sand it. And that sanding ain't fun. He begins to sand it, sand it, sand it, sand it. I've seen too many men of God fall because of their pride. Because they refuse to let God humble them in the hidden season. Amen? And I thank God for my pastor because he's helped me stay humble along the way. Amen? We have some men of God in our life. They don't mind helping us stay humble. Hallelujah. And I thank God for them. We had pastor appreciation service the other day and I got the opportunity to preach and I preached on lifting up the hands of my pastor. You see, God can't give you just any pastor. He's going to give you a pastor from his heart because not just any pastor can deal with you. Amen. Amen. I could run circles around some pastors, but Pastor Raymond... No. Amen. It was ordained by God for me to get connected to Pastor Raymond. Joshua had Moses. Elijah had Elijah. The disciples got connected to Jesus. In the same way, God has connected you to a man of God from God's own heart. Some of us don't cherish the relationship we have with our pastor. We treat it as just some other thing. Just an ordinary person. You see, the Bible says your pastor is a gift from God. He's a gift from God. Amen? Amen. So we got the pruning, we got the sanding, then there's the fletching. And the fletching is when he gets them them feathers and he puts it on the end of that arrow. And it gives the arrow balance. Because you got to learn in this lifestyle, this walk with God, you got to have balance. Some of us get so focused on works, we ain't got no worship. And then some of us get so focused on worship, we ain't got no works. You got to understand, you got to have balance. You're never going to fly true. You're never going to fly straight. You're never going to hit your target unless you first learn to fly with balance. Amen. Amen? There's the pruning, there's the sanding, then there's the, the fletching, then there's the cresting, right? Then there's the cresting. It's a marking of an arrow to identify who that arrow belongs to. Amen? God will crest you, boom, with your Holy Spirit. Everybody will know where you come from. Amen? And not only that, the ministry that God sent you to, they'll crest you. They'll put that stamp on you. Amen? They'll put that stamp on you. We got the cresting. And you know what this process sounds like to me? It sounds like the victory home. This sounds like the victory home. All the victory home is, is it's it's an arrow-making factory. Amen? It's a God's arrows-making factory. That's all the victory home is. Amen. But too many people these days, listen, brothers and sisters, too many people these days are trying to run from the refining process. They don't want God getting up in their mix, getting up in the Kool-Aid and working with them. They don't want God getting up in their life and changing anything. They try to avoid the fire, avoid the trials, avoid all the pressure. Listen, check this out. I want people around me and my pastor that's been through some things. I want people deep in my ministry and our ministry that's been through some stuff with us. I don't want people getting too deep in my pastor's ministry, never go through anything, and then when the fire comes on, they split and run, and it affects everybody. Too many people are trying to run from the process. 
Amen? Amen. Calling it quits. But this arrow Isaiah talks about, it's a select arrow. It's a polished arrow. It's not an ordinary arrow. It flies farther, it flies faster, and it flies straighter. Amen? You see, this arrow, it's got a special purpose. You don't use this select arrow to shoot at a squirrel. You don't use this polished arrow to shoot at a turkey bird. Amen? This select arrow, this special arrow, this polished arrow, it's got a divine purpose why it was made. Amen? And I'm learning that, that back in those days, in the Bible days, the archers, their quiver, it would have a parishion in there. It was a separating wall. And what the archer would do is he would put the select arrows in one spot, and then he would put the practice and play arrows in another spot. Amen. And you see these practice, these play arrows, they didn't get refined like the polished arrow got refined. Amen. Amen. I remember going up, I worked at a Boy Scout camp, and they had me on the archery range. Amen. The only one I remember is Reverend, Reverend, and Reverend, and Reverend. They had me working in the archery range. And it was my first day out there. They're like, okay, here's a new kid on the block, right? We're going to make him do the dirty work. And so I'm like, hey, guys, what do y'all want me to do? And they said, hey, we want you to go out there and we want you to run back and forth and pick the arrows up on the left and pick the arrows up on the right. And I'm like, okay. And so I go out there. And as I go out there and I'm running back and forth, they start shooting me with these practice arrows, these play arrows. And these practice arrows, these play arrows, they've got these rubber tips. They don't have a real point. They got these rubber points, these rubber uh, tips. And so it's never going to impact the target. It's never going to be used for anything special. It's just going to be used for practice. It's just going to be used for play. Listen, listen, brother. It's okay if you don't want to go through the process, but let us know so we know where to put you. Amen. Let us know so we know where to put you. Hallelujah. That's okay. Because my pastor, my pastor is a generous man. He's a gracious man. He's not going to give up on you just because you refuse to let God refine you. He'll still find a way to get you plugged into the ministry, get you plugged into the church. But I can tell you this, he's not going to shoot you at a divine mission, at a divine target. He's going to put you where you go in the quiver. He's still going to find a way to get you plugged in, but you're not going to fly like the polished arrow is going to fly. Amen. That's fine. Let us know so we know where to put you. Amen? Amen. And you got to understand, most of the refining process, it takes place in your private life. Amen? You see, you can be hidden in the quiver, but you're never truly hidden from God. God sees everything. And so, so often we get focused on that scripture that says the eyes of the Lord see all the good and all the bad. We focus on the bad, but how many of you know that God sees the good you do in secret too? God sees the sacrifice. He sees the commitment. He sees the service. He sees you lifting up the hands of your pastor. He sees you encouraging the new believer in the home. He sees you when nobody else is looking, and that is what really counts. That is what refines you. That is what polishes you. Everybody wants to get on stage and say, look at me, but what you do in private is what really matters to God. Amen? King David, King David, when he got before Goliath, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is he? Yeah, they thought he was cocky. He just knew who he God was. Amen? And he said, listen, God delivered me from the lion. God delivered me from the bear. So Goliath is no problem for me and my God. But it's interesting, it's interesting that the Bible never gives us the story of David with the lion and David with the bear. 
Because David still trusted in God when nobody was looking. David still served God when nobody was looking. David was out with the sheep when the prophet Samuel came to anoint the next king. Jesse didn't hide David. God hid David. And the prophet still said, there's another son. Where's he at? You don't have to say, Pastor, look at me. Pastor, look at me. God knows where you're at. Hallelujah. God knows where you're at. Some of you right now, you're like, man, I'm just cleaning up the sheep mess. I'm cutting the wool off the sheep. I'm dealing with the sheep. That's all I do is deal with the sheep all day long. Pastor never asked me to do anything. That's okay. God sees what you're doing. And maybe, maybe when you make the mind shift of trying to be seen by man and just knowing that God sees you is when he will elevate you. Hallelujah. Amen. You're never hidden from the eyes of God. Listen, what counts is what's behind the scenes. I work behind the scenes a lot. When we do conferences, when we do church functions, I work behind the scenes. Come on, let's give God some praise for the men that's worked behind the scenes to put all this together. The workers, the sound, the worship. Amen? What's behind the scenes is what counts. And the craftsman, you've got to understand the archer, he desires to see the work through of making the arrow. He desires to see it through. He's made us into polished arrows. And in the scripture, this is how Israel felt. They had all the promise God gave them. They had all the potential. They went through the preparations. They walked through the wilderness. Now they're in exile and they're like, God, you see what we've done. You've seen what we walked through. You've seen, we know the promises. And they feel like they have all this potential. And now God has them in exile. He has them hidden. And Israel begins to get frustrated. They're a polished arrow. They want to fly. They want to soar. They want to make an impact. But then God hides them in his quiver. Amen. Amen? Listen. In Isaiah 49.4, basically what, what Israel says this is what they say. We've given you everything, God. And now you just put us on the bench. My Lord. My We've given you everything just to get put on the bench. I would say, Pastor, I don't understand. I've been here the longest. I've been serving. I've been committed. I put up with hell and high water. I put up with all kinds of things. I went through the trials. I went through the tribulation. I let you refine me. I let you rebuke with me. I let you work with me. I would see men leave the home and go start churches. Leave the home and go get married. And I would still be stuck in the home. I would still be stuck in the home, taking care of the sheep. Taking care of the sheep. But God, in my hidden season, was preparing me. He was developing me. He was working with me. I'm almost eight years in this thing, and I can sit before you today and say, listen, I've seen a many people try and take shortcuts to this thing, and they've never worked. They've never worked. They've never worked. If you want a wife, why don't you focus on becoming a husband? If you want a husband, why don't you focus on becoming a wife? If you want to preach, why don't you focus on the new believers in the home? Amen. Amen. I had to watch people leave out of the home and go start churches. And I'm like, Pastor, if I leave, will you help me start a church? And he said, no. I won't help you. Because that's not what God wants for you, son. That's not what God wants for you. Amen. But Israel, these people, they just wanted to get out of exile. They just wanted to go back home. They wanted to be seen. But I love it. He says, listen, it's too small a thing for you to just go home. 
And brothers and sisters, it's too small a thing for you to just go home. Too many times we put our eyes on something small and God has something so much bigger for us. Listen, I understand Maybank, that's not my final uh, spot in the process. But that's where God has me right now. And so I'm going to give everything I have right now in Maybank. I'm not going to wait to give everything until I'm in a bigger city, in another place. I'm not going to wait until I have my own ministry to give ministry my everything. I'm going to give my everything to my pastor's ministry. I'm going to give my everything to my pastor. I'm going to give everything teaching the new believers. I'm going to give everything, everything. And in Isaiah 49, 70 says this. This is how he ends it. He says, because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, He has chosen you. Somebody say, I'm chosen. Come on, say it like you believe it. I'm chosen. God has chosen you. Yeah, He knew what you did. He's still chosen you. Amen? I love it. I love it. God pre-calculated your stupidity before He predetermined your destiny. Hallelujah. Some of us think our stupidity disqualifies us to the call of God in our life. That's not true. God knew all them stupid things you were going to do and He still chose you. He still called you. And He's still going to use your life to impact. He's still going to shoot you. You're going to fly. You're going to soar. Does anybody believe that this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. I like to call it Pastor Dawn up to the pulpit. If you would stand to your feet and give God some praise this morning.